my brothers and sisters in the Lord, the question that Jesus asked disciples in the gospel today is one of the most fundamental questions, not only for them, but also for each and every one of us. Who do you say that I am? And depending, my friends, on how we answer that question, and whether or not we really believe the answer that we give is going to have a profound effect on our entire life. Jesus begins by asking the disciples, who do other people say that I am? John the Baptist, Elijah, Jeremiah, one of the prophets. But then he gets very specific. Not what other people say, but who do you say that I am? Now we must remember, my brothers and sisters, that in first century Palestine, there were many individuals who claimed to be the Messiah, the Christ. We know that from historical documents. Jesus was not the only one. And even in the world in which we live, you turn on the television and there's some individual claiming to be Jesus, or the Messiah, or the Savior, even today. How do we know? How did they know? Look at John the Baptist. John the Baptist, the last of the great prophets, whose mission was to prepare the way for the coming of the Messiah, the Christ. I must decrease, he must increase. I am not worthy to untie the laces of his sandals. When Jesus comes to John for baptism, John the Baptist says, no way. You should be baptizing me. And Jesus responds, let it be done to fulfill all righteousness. And so John baptizes Jesus as, as, as we well know. The heavens break open, the spirit descends, and the voice from the Father speaks. This is my beloved son, listen to him. Now that had to be a tremendous experience for John the Baptist. But you see, my friends, even John the Baptist later on had a little doubt. If you remember when John the Baptist was in prison, about to have his head decapitated, he sends disciples to Jesus. John summoned two of his disciples, and he sent them to the Lord to ask the question, are you the one? Or should we be searching for another? Are you the one? And how does Jesus respond? He says, go tell John what you have seen and heard. The blind regain the sight, the lame walk, lepers are cleansed, the deaf hear, the dead are raised, the poor have the good news proclaimed to them, and blessed is the one who takes no offense at me. Because you see, my brothers and sisters, in many ways, Jesus was not the Messiah they were expecting. They were expecting a military ruler, someone to overthrow the reigns of the Roman conquerors. Jesus was not quite living up to that program. Are you the one? Or is there someone else out there? Because you see, my brothers and sisters, that question is fundamental because we know that we're created in the image and likeness of God, but how many times, even unknowingly, do we try to create God in our image and likeness of how we think God should be? 
I've been a priest 10 years now, and I have heard all sorts of descriptions about God. And although, my brothers and sisters, most people would not use these descriptions per se, I sort of jotted down a few of the things that I've heard over the years of how we could describe Jesus, at least for certain individuals, some of his titles. I've heard about the patriotic Jesus, who is wrapped in a flag, and thereby the assumption is that all that we do is blessed by God. There's the politically conservative Jesus, who is against budget increases and stands for family values and owning a gun. There's the politically liberal Jesus, who is suspicious of Wall Street and Walmart, but passionate about being tolerant and being green and reducing our carbon footprint. There's Starbucks Jesus, who drinks fair trade coffee, loves spiritual conversations, drives a hybrid, and goes dumpster diving. There's open-minded Jesus, who loves everyone all the time, no matter what, except for people who are not as open-minded as you. There's touchdown Jesus, who supports our sporting teams. There's red carpet Jesus, who supports the actors and actresses who win their awards. There's Hollywood Jesus, who is meek and mild, has high cheekbones, flowing blonde hair, wears a sash, and looks like Jesus Christ Superstar. There's Beatle Jesus who teaches everyone to give peace a chance, imagine a world without religion, and help us to remember that all you need is love. There's yuppie Jesus, who encourages us to have and to be happy at all costs, tells us that bigger is always better, and a sure sign that you're faithful is if you have a substantial amount of debt. There's guru Jesus, who's wise and inspirational, who teaches you to simply find your path in life. There's Lone Ranger Jesus, who is all about making sure that you're first and foremost in meeting your personal needs, your personal wants, your personal desires, and preferably meeting them right now. And the list could go on and on. Who do you say that I am? My friends, we come up with all sorts of descriptions, consciously or not. But what the matter gets to is who is Jesus? Because oftentimes, my friends, we start with a very basic understanding that Jesus provides us a model for holiness, a model for our way of life. And certainly that is true. I'm reminded of the story, a true story, that happened after World War I. General Pershing wanted to collect 27,000 troops and march them through the capitals of Europe for victory parades after the war. In order to find these 27,000 troops, he had two criteria. One, you had to have an unblemished military record. And the other criteria is you had to be one meter, 86 centimeters tall. Those are the two criteria. Now, there were about 40 Americans in a little area guarding an ammunition factory about 100 miles outside of Paris, and they heard of General Pershing's call, and they all wanted to be in the parade. They met the first criteria. They all had unblemished military records, but they had a problem with the second. No one knew how tall was one meter, 86 centimeters. They just didn't know how tall that was. So the corporal asked the sergeant. The sergeant didn't know. 
And so what did they do? They began to measure each other against themselves to see who was the tallest. You know how kids do in school, all standing shoulder to shoulder to see who is the tallest. And this was going on and on of who was taller than the other person. The shortest guy out of the 40, he knew he wasn't going to make it. The tallest guy had the nickname Slim. He felt that he certainly should make it. Until finally the captain arrived. And they told the captain about their problem. So the captain walked over to the wall and he made a mark. And he said, you have to be this tall. Well, you know what happened? They no longer were comparing themselves against one another. They were comparing themselves against that mark. Because that mark was the absolute. And if you're interested, one meter, 86 centimeters tall is six feet, one and one-fifth inches. Even Slim didn't make it. He was about a half inch too short. But the moral of the story is, is that once you have the absolute, it doesn't matter what everyone else is doing. It doesn't matter comparing yourself to each other. We compare ourselves against that which is absolute. That's what Jesus reminds us. I am the way, the truth, and the light. He provides us that moral absolute. Now, I often say to people, that is the foundation. That's just the beginning, because that's the head knowledge. Because a lot of times, when we stay with the head knowledge, we stay into that expression, what would Jesus do? Which, after a while, just drives me up the wall. Because you see, my brothers and sisters, if we don't move from there, we're never able to answer that question, who do you say that I am? Because Jesus is not just looking for his name. Because who we are is more than just our name. And that's why Peter's able to make that confession of faith. You are the Christ, the Messiah, the Son of the living God. It's got to move from the head to the heart. We too have to make the expression of faith. Just like St. Peter did. The best definition I heard to define Jesus, it may be may not be the most theological, but came from a child. A child probably in second or third grade. And when the question was asked, who is Jesus? She simply said this, Jesus is the best picture God ever took. I think that's a wonderful definition. He is the best picture that God ever took. And because of that, my friends, do we have faith and able to respond, who do you say that I am? Many of you familiar with the animated feature Shrek. Some of you may be, some of you may not. Shrek is a big green ogre. Now, I know there's many different kinds of Shrek, one, two, three, four, five, however many there are now. But back in Shrek 1, right at the end, there's this scene. And of course, Shrek has to save the princess. I think her name was Fiona. I could have that wrong. But he has to save the princess. And so he does. And of course, as any good fairy tale, there's fall in love. But there's a problem. He is a big green ogre. She is a beautiful princess. But what she doesn't tell him is that every night, she also turns into a big green ogre. And so here we are at the end of this, the scene, the movie. And so, not only do they have this profession of love, and not only do they have a kiss, but certainly as a fairy tale should end, you know, once the kiss happens, the beautiful princess is restored. 
The curse is broken. But there's a little twist here. She doesn't stay as the beautiful Princess Fiona. She's transformed permanently into a big green ogre, just like Shrek was. Do you see a similarity? God so loved the world that he sent his only son so that we may not perish, but so that we may have eternal life. God became like us in all things except sin. He walked our earth and he died our death so that we could experience redemption and eternal life. Who do you say that I am? Conservative Jesus? Liberal Jesus, Starbucks Jesus, Touchdown Jesus, Beetle Jesus, Yuppie Jesus, Revolutionary Jesus, Guru Jesus, Good Example Jesus. Who do you say that I am? It is the most fundamental question. And how we answer it, my friends, will have a profound effect on our entire life. Hopefully we're able to say with St. Peter, you are the Christ, the Messiah, the Son of the living God. Because as St. Paul reminds us, at the name of Jesus, every knee shall bend of those in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father.